Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. I'm Michelle, and of course, with me is Diana. Hello. Hello. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was probably going to say the same thing you were going to do. So, um, we apparently have readers ADD, and um, we're changing up the book of the month. Um, so, sorry, guys, if, um, you know, feel free to still read uh, War Spies and Bobby Socks. Um, but we are going to move on and discuss our new book of the month, which I'm really super excited for, The Fortune Teller by Gwendolyn Romack. Yes, I, I'm, I am already fangirling. So you know what's going to end up happening by the end of the month. It's going to be Wine, Women, and Words, the Diana, Diana Fangirls episode. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, we felt, well, okay, first Diana fell in love, parentheses, let's shelve that for a second. Yeah. I was going like this, and my mom, who watches our show regularly, told me last week, you play with your hair way too much. Well, me? On, no, me. Telling oh, me. I, I play with my hair a lot too, but it's because it's long and it needs to get cut. I, I know. She said, you play with your hair way too much, so... <laughs> Like, <laughs> so I'm going to try to make an effort not to play with it too much. So do I get to make that noise whenever um, a dog, you know, does something wrong? Do I think it's go every time you play with your hair? <laughs> well, it's either that or like a dollar in a jar, and I don't have that many dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, every time you play with your hair, now I'm going to go, Michelle, stop it. <laughs> and all of you at home playing the home game, Anytime I play with my hair, you have to drink. So oh, I love this game. I love this game better than me going. <laughs> oh, you're so playing this game. And going like this doesn't count. And neither does this because I have hair in my mouth. It's like the Robin episode from um, How I Met Your Mother. But um, <laughs> you guys get double. You have to take a double shot if I have if I play with my hair too. Oh man. So you guys are going to be trashed by the end of the hour. Enjoy your hangovers on Friday. <laughs> Fridays are always so hard for me to wake up early. Oh, my God, me too. But we really have, like, no game plan for this evening. We're just going to drink wine. And, look, I have an, an awesome new wine glass. What do you mean no game plan? We're going to drink wine and talk about books. That is the <laughs> ultimate game plan. That is definitely our game plan. I just meant we have no structure. <laughs> when do we really have structure? True. I like to have like the, the semblance of structure to make it look yeah. like we're, we know what well, we're doing. when we have like authors and guests on so that they think that we're actually like professional and shit. But so. <laughs> I love how you just breeze over that. <laughs> no, well. I don't think we're professional. I think we're awesome. <laughs> I'm going to tell my boss that tomorrow. I'm sorry. I'm not a professional. I'm awesome. Well, awesome like surpasses that mm -hmm. because I mean, we're always prepared and we have excellent insightful questions and like the, the list of questions that we're going to have for this book, I already know is going to be insane. And it might carry over because we might get some of the memory painter questions. Oh my god! I have to reread that now. 
No. Okay, so guys, all right. So for those of you who have just joined us and who haven't heard us talk about Gwendolyn Womack's books before, because we've talked about The Memory Painter before, but just to refresh your memory, uh, The Memory Painter, if you have not read it yet, um, read it after The Fortune Teller, of course, but you need to read it because it's phenomenal. Um, I came across it, and see, I, it's even got dog chew. You can't really see it too much, but puppy Lilo got to it. Um, so when I, I, I was introduced to Gwendolyn through the historical uh, fiction book tours, and I just so happened to have gotten my dates mixed up, because, you know, I never do that, um, for when I was supposed to actually do my review for the book. And realized that it, this was a Monday, and I was supposed to actually review it on Tuesday. And so I was like, all right, let's just try to get as much of this done and see if I can tap dance my way through the review. And, well, um, 1 o'clock in the morning, I was about three-fourths of the way through the book and was like, well, I'm not stopping now. And I finished it at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and then stumbled into work the next day. <laughs> I totally didn't, it, this was one that snuck up on me. I totally did not expect to love it. Um, let's see here. I'll pull out one of the, one of those quotes that I absolutely love from this. Um, our souls destined to love or hate the same souls again and again. Or can we achieve some kind of resolution or enlightenment? It was, it's just a very beautifully read book, written book. And it's, the story just is such a great story. And it had me on the edge of my seats and seat. And just as I thought, I figured it out. I was like, okay, this is so totally gonna happen. Yeah, it ended up being something completely different. So then of course I have to tell Michelle about what I did. And you can <laughs> take it away from there. I got it. I actually checked it up in the library, so I don't own a copy, but I might have to remedy that because I like I have a few authors that I, you know, like automatic buy. There's there's an Instagram term for it, like an auto buy or mm -hmm. something. I don't know. So I have certain authors that I don't even know what the new book is about. I just buy it because I know I'll love it. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing like the multiple books on my bookshelf by the same author. So I need to make a Gwendolyn section and buy the memory painter to put it in there. Yes, because we have the fortune teller now. Because it was the fortune teller was one of those things where. It was like, okay, we are, we're we're going to fall in love with this. Um, you already know because it's something that she's written. It's like with Greer, you know. I yeah. figure any pretty much anything Greer writes at this point, I'm like, just take my money. I'm going to read it. Um, Greer, Julie, Seth, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, the list is growing. But I'm doing all of you for the fact that I am like compulsively buying books now. Like, <laughs> it's not even like. No, like, I bought a book today, and there is no reason for me to buy a book. I have about 30 books that I haven't read yet. And. Okay, I'm not that bad. No, it's. I, I mean, I. I don't know. I, I, I should go count how many books I haven't read on my shelf yet. But. Does, does anyone, do you use the Cartwheel app on tar, uh, for Target? I always forget. Okay, so I don't use it for, like, the discounts for shopping because I don't have time to, like, sit there and scan every single item I put in my cart to see if there's a discount for it. But they have this point thing that 
uh, every time you go shopping and you scan your car, your cartwheel app or you can scan the barcode on your receipt it accumulates points and once you hit I think like 5,000 points you oh. can pick a perk and one of the perks for the longest time was a free book but I think I was like single-handedly destroying Target's stock of books <laughs> for free. <laughs> so they changed it to $10 off a book. So I had my $10 off coupon today and I was like, oh, let's, let's see what, what Target has in its book section. And I came across Final Girls, which is the book that Stacy was telling us about a couple weeks ago the thriller and it was 18 bucks so it was actually eight dollars so really I mean who's the winner <laughs> you totally are the winner but I don't remember what the point was that I started out with uh, because you need a collection of Wendelin's books yeah I don't know it was a fun story though but I, I checked it out from the library and it was just like it was one of those books that you literally cannot put down. The yeah. last book before before the Memory Painter, the last book that was like that for me was The Labyrinth by Kate Moss, which I absolutely love. Not the model uh, author, mm -hmm. but um, the Memory Painter was amazing. And I mean, even the art that she talks about the the descriptions of the artworks and the history of the art. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited to read this book. I don't even know what it's about. Do we know what it's about? I do. I'm happy to have it right here so we can read it. So Samal Kavnow appraises antiques for an exclusive Manhattan auction house, left her already, uh, deciphering ancient texts. And when she discovers a manuscript written in the time of Cleopatra, she knows it will be the find of her career. But the manuscript is more than it seems, both a memoir and a prophecy. It appears to be the work of a powerful seer describing devastating wars and natural disasters in detail thousands of years before they occurred, along with a deck of mysterious tarot cards now lost to history. Only one person can help Samil make sense of, a, of it all, her client, Theo Bassard. Hopefully I'm saying all of these names right. Yet Theo is an is arrogant and exclusive, my kind of dude right there, yeah. uh, <laughs> concealing secrets of his own. Can Samil even trust him? The auction date is swiftly approaching and someone wants to interfere, someone who knows the cards exist, and that the Bossard manuscript is tied to her. Samil realizes it's up to her to stop them. The manuscript holds the key to a 2,000-year-old secret, a secret someone will do anything to possess. <laughs> right this sounds so good um and here diana played with her hair two shots for oh i've been playing with my hair a lot you all better be drinking <laughs> like a bottle of wine which oh we totally forgot to go over what we're drinking tonight because we just dove right into the fact that we got going to level dark horse dark horse right to crescent nation the thoroughbred of sin Ooh, we have people watching. Hello. <laughs> oh, um, hello. Someone just went away. Now we just have one. Because they heard me singing. That's why. I guarantee it. Um, bad horse. <laughs> and anytime you sing bad horse is awesome. Um, disclaimer, I'm putting my hair in a ponytail. It does not count as playing. 
Oh no, it should count as playing. This All is right. long sip, guys. Then everyone the whole time that she's playing with her hair. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so what I'm drinking is the second half of my shipment. Ooh. From California Wine Company. California Wine Club. I was gonna say wine company, but the California Wine Club, which guys don't forget, we still have that promo going on. 10% off everything there. And it's the Thomas McCormick, and it is the, <clears throat> I'm going to try to pronounce this properly, Gruner Veltener, 2016. That sounds like a serious wine. Right? It does. It makes me feel like I like actually know my wines and stuff. Um, besides, ooh, pretty wine, white and red. Um, but it's, it's really good. It's got the citrusy flavor. Okay, my turn to put my hair up so y'all better be drinking this. I'm taking time putting this up. Da -da -da. Yes, and I am actually taking extra time, so I better, there better be chugging from bottles right now. <laughs> so, um, I've only gotten the first few pages of them into the uh, fortune teller. I was going to see the memory painter, but we've moved on to the fortune teller. Um... I feel like I've got the whole sexy librarian thing going on because of my glasses. <laughs> I did that, or I've got the whole uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo going on, too. Some people think she was the sexiest one of the group. You know, I will take it because I think I identified more with her than I did with Daphne. I definitely identified with Daphne when I was younger. Now it's like uh, Velma. But oh, and I was Velma. It's like a match made in heaven. You're the Daphne and I'm the Velma. Aww. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> this is what friendship is, people, right here. Okay. Hold on. I think I heard my son roll out of the bed. But if he did, Rich is in there, so he should be fine. Yay, husbands. Um, yeah, right. Okay, so the first page starts with a quote from the Oracle of Wajit. Uh, of who now? Huh? Of who now? Wajit, which is spelled W-A-D-J-E-T. So I'm going to say Wajit, but it could be the D's uh, silent. It could be Wajit. <laughs> I don't know. We shall find out. Let's see. But the book starts off with this quote, uh, some future acts are so inevitable they have been written on the wall of the world. Like a scribe's words carved in the stone on a temple doorway, nothing we can do will change the story. Hmm. And the oracle of Wajet. Is it a real thing? Uh, the cobra goddess in <sighs> Egyptian culture. You know, I feel like this has kind of been a theme for her for her books is the Egyptian culture. Because there is an Egyptian culture influence in the memory painter. We're going to have the Egyptian culture. Well, there is like a, a dozen culture, cultural influences in the memory painter. It went through like how many different generations or centuries? Lord knows. Um, I lost count. But, but I mean, there were there was some there was some text transcribing and artifacts and things too. So, oh, really cool. the Oracle of 
Wajet. Uh, alternative names are Uto, Buto, and Ed Edjo. I'm probably butchering these names. But <laughs> he was considered the cobra goddess and protector of the pharaohs. Hmm. FYI. Good to know. Hmm. I used to, I, there was a period of time that I was obsessed with everything Egyptians. Like I bought this little kid's kit to learn how to write in hieroglyphics and how to like translate them. And the only thing I really remember is if there was a cartouche around a symbol, it was actually someone's name. Hmm. So if a group of hieroglyphics was circled, like it was like a, a rectangle around it, that was a name. And I love Egyptian culture too. I think if this is all about Egyptian culture, which I, I'm, I mean, I, I know I read the back. I know I read the back of the book when I first got it, um, so I knew, but I forgot. This is going to be awesome. It's well, like the center on it. It's if if it has ancient manuscripts and secrets that can alter human history, it's my kind of book. You know, I kind of feel like I have a, a not want to say connect, a special connection, but a fondness for it because Ryan was stationed in Egypt for a short period of time. So he brought me back um, some stuff from there. We got a few of the cool little artifacts and things. Um, but one of my most prized possessions is actually uh, the Eye of Horus, which he brought back for me for his first uh, deployment, which I'll put it up so everybody can see. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I, I always wear that. And the reason why he had got it for me is because the Eye of Horus protect, protected the wearer. And so it was so sweet and so, so romantic. Yeah, so he bought it for me to wear while he was on deployment. And so I just, it just became my everyday necklace where this is every, I just wear it all the time. I never take it off except for that one moment when I had to show everybody else. So I, I have this little Egyptian symbol that I wear on my neck all the time. That's awesome. I love thoughtful gifts like that. Yeah. Rich was, yeah, it was like, I thought for sure that thing was like fake gold when I got it. I didn't, I thought it was overpaying for something that they said was gold. Um, He's like, so I'm kind of surprised. That it's <laughs> oh, and I do have another one of the things that he brought back from Egypt. Um, scarab. Got this sitting on my desk. See, that's what creeped me out from the mummy. <laughs> um, yeah, this one, I don't know. It's just, I like it. It's cool. It's got, like, it almost looks like it's got a pharaoh head at the top. And then, of course, it's got the snake on the body there. Interesting. And then on the bottom, it's got, like, all these, like, hieroglyphy things. Hmm. Yes, I see. Say I something. Okay. So you didn't have to stick your nose up to the screen. You don't like seeing me that up close? Oh, I, I do. I certainly do. I don't know um, if our audience does or if you're comfortable with that, everybody seeing up your nose. <laughs> no one needs to see pores, like, that closely. Mm -hmm. Not even me. Exactly. So... We really, like I said, we really have no no game plan. We did have to also announce our winners. Oh, that's right. We did giveaway this week, you guys. We did, and um, we've got two books that got are going to go to new homes. Um, the Irish Tempest, 
by Elizabeth J. Sparrow is going to go to Aaron Luke. So that's the cover of that. And the Painted Girls is going to go to Sheila Smale. Yay. And if somebody, Silent Land still needs a home, guys. Don't make me start playing out the Sarah McLaughlin um, Angels uh, song for this poor book uh, that needs a home. Um, all you have to do is subscribe. I'm not going to ask you to pay a monthly fee. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Wait. I'm going to ask you to start that over again in just a second. I'm not singing in the arms of the angels. No, I'm not asking you to sing it. I just have the perfect background music for... <laughs> Okay, let me know when you're ready. All you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Silent Land, it needs a home. You could be that reader that gives the Silent Land a home. This poor book, this poor book. <laughs> I wasn't sure how much of the song I could actually play for copyright things, so I stopped it after a few seconds. <laughs> but we all knew it was there. But it was there. Yes, and I might eventually have more books to give away. Um, and, you know, and they're all in very good condition. Because um, these ones I traded well. The ones that end up by the pool don't get treated so well. I actually pulled a river on my book. Um, the, I was reading the um, Casanova Secret Wife this weekend, which is a lovely book, by the way. And the husband handed me a pina colada in the pool because I'm in my floaty because I got my floaty and I was by the edge of the pool take the pina colada I got the pina colada in one hand I've got the book in the other hand and apparently I was too close to the edge and my float tore just this giant tear and all of a sudden I just started going down and the first oh. things I saved were the book and, <laughs> and the alcohol um because you know I'm just a rescuer like that um but then I did, I pulled a river because anytime anything bad happens to a book, it's going to be called pulling a river. Um, we have determined. And I realized yesterday that I left the book out by the pool outside. Face down. Um, thank goodness it didn't rain that much because it rained on Tuesday. And yeah, so we got, the poor book got rained on and it's all battered right now. Now we should explain the river. So um, most of you, if you've watched the show before, know that we have a husky named River. He is actually turning one year old this month, so he won't be a puppy technically anymore, although he still will be. They're still, they still have that puppy energy, I think, until they're at least like three years old. Yeah, that's what I hear. So excited. Um, <laughs> so River, he... We tried creating him, and he breaks out of the crates. He demolishes them, and they're like the good, sturdy, like steel ones that are supposed to be impenetrable. So we stopped creating him. We stopped creating him, so he just stays downstairs whenever we leave the house, which is usually really great, except he eats books while if he gets mad at us while we are away. So I, I will actually, I'll post the picture on our Facebook page um, tonight of the one book that he just destroyed. Like there was no salvaging it. It was 
done. Like there were <laughs> sections just eaten away of this book. And the expression that he had on his face, I have never in my life seen a dog's ears go completely back. Like <laughs> you couldn't even see them. They were just like flush with his head. And he had a look on his face like, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. This is, this is how I go. I think because of uh, Lilo's uh, minor gnawing on uh, my memory painter book, we should have uh, on a scale of Lilo to River. There you go. That works. That works. Yes. <laughs> yes. The Lilo. And I mean, and I say this because, I mean, Lilo can get into some serious trouble. I mean, this is the dog who did tear up the tortoise poop. <laughs> but she is, she's not even 10 pounds. So her damage is small and localized. Whereas River's how many pounds now? 60. So he's like a hurricane. Yeah, he is. We should have actually named him that. I think hurricane would have been fitting. If you ever get him a brother, I think the brother should be hurricane. No, we are not getting another husky. <laughs> You see, this is why I have small dogs, because my two dogs equal, like, half of your dog at that. And I think with dachshunds, you kind of need to, because they play off each other. They're kind of like ferrets, the way they, like, tumble around each other as they go down the hall. Yeah, see, I wanted a dachshund. I mean, I love River. He's a sweet dog. He, we're actually dropping him off at Doggy Poo Camp on Monday. He's going to stay there for three weeks while the kids and I are at the Outer Banks. So I'm super excited to see what kind of dog I pick up when we get home. <laughs> He's going to come back and be like, Mom, don't ever leave me there again. My human. Let me, take me back over there. Take me back to Doggy Boot Camp. Right? I, I, I would totally be okay with that. As long as I don't want, like, I hope they don't train him out of playing. I don't want him to be like a super serious lame dog by the time they get done with him. I just want him to not jump on people and not like nip because he's a puppy and mm -hmm. he's so good with the kid. I've never even heard him growl mm -hmm. at all. He sings to me when he decides he wants to go out. But when he plays with the kids and they're jumping around, he will like put his mouth on them, but he will never close his mouth. Mm. So like, he just like, you know, like that, but really gentle. But anyone who doesn't know him mm -hmm. and sees a massive dog, like with an open mouth, is obviously going to be a little alarmed. And yeah. I just don't want anyone to be afraid of him because he's the biggest teddy bear in the world. Yes, he seems like it, especially when you find him on the couch like he's not supposed to be. Yeah, but and he acts yeah, like I can't see him. That's not gonna last much long. I'm just telling you right now. Just stop fighting it. <laughs> you know, when you're gone, he's like all over that couch. He's back rubbing all over it. Yeah, and he's uh I I guess the term apparently is blowing his coat. That's what huskies do when they're transitioning from their with summer to winter coat and winter to summer coat. They just lose fur. I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry that term. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Sounds yeah. so wrong. Blowing their coat is what I looked it up because I was worried that there would be like some kind of <laughs> Diana's dying. <laughs> Your dog's supposed to, not supposed to blow his coat. That's bad. 
<laughs> yes, I have that kind of mind. I am horrible like that. Um, I laugh at all the wrong stuff in movies too. Um, <laughs> Blue's coat. But yeah, so he's uh, he's blowing it right now, and it's uh, there's clumps of hair like. You can brush him and just pull a clump. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it. it's like this much fur comes out. You see, that's one of the things I love about, I mean, with the dogs, one's a short hair, one's a long hair, obviously. Um, and with Fizzgig, I don't get the shedding issues. Like everybody else does with the long hair dog. Like Ryan was like, when we were, when I talked him into getting a long hair dog, since he was against it, he's like, she's going to shed. And I'm like, no, she's, I don't care. It's not going to be that bad. I don't, you know, I, even if it is, I don't care. And she's not that bad of a shedder. I think Lilo sheds more than she does. And mm. Lilo doesn't shed very often. I vacuum twice a day. Every day. Oh, that would drive me nuts. Every now and then I get the strand white curly hair from her tail. Um, like I find it on my shirt or a pair of pants. And like at worst, when they're like shedding because of the season change, I'll get I'll get like some Lilo fur on me, but that and like and I'll show up in like the dark clothes, but that's it. So. Oh God, I don't know that would, that sounds like heaven. It's like between him and the ants, which I swear to God, I give off some signal of like, come invade my house. I love it. Between the two of them, because I they're the ants are like in the carpet and I I keep a clean house believe me but I think I killed them all I think I managed to kill the colony and I had pest control like put up some stuff outside the house so they're gone but I still spray I, I still vacuum twice a day pointless Every for us with pest control with the ants is pointless like I've had this house spotless and they have gone into um, they've gone into the liquor cabinet because there's crystallized alcohol sugar around the edges mm -hmm. of the, uh, like around the, you know, like they'll sometimes build up on like a bottle. Yeah. They've gone after that. They have gone after, um, the dirty clothes hamper. They oh. have, right. Oh, and so the worst was last summer house is spotless clean, including the toilet. And they're after the toilet water, clean toilet bowl going after the water and the toilet. They were coming out from under their, the grout in the kitchen tiles where the, the grout meets the wall, that's their like transportation system in my house because there are tiny little cracks between the grout and the um, baseboard mm -hmm. that they can fit under. So mm -hmm. they just like crawl out from underneath those little cracks. So I go through and I like spray bleach up every single one of them and hope they all die a horrible, painful death. Before I came up, um, there were a few, apparently, um, Ryan uh, dropped a crumb on the counter after his lunch. And so there were a few going after said crumb. And we have Chinese chalk here, which is a godsend. Because you basically, all I do is I lay down the chalk, a line on the chalk, and, it's, and, and I'm Buddhist, so it's like I don't want to go in there killing everything. So... I basically, I lay down the chalk and it's like, okay, ants, if you cross this line, you are going to die. 
And so I feel very, you know, spiritually okay with this. And it's great because I lay it down. I come back maybe half an hour later, com ants are completely gone. There's, you know, they'll they'll be dead or they'll be gone. And or I feel very spiritually okay with sucking as many of them up into the vacuum <laughs> as I can and hoping it was like a miniature reenactment of Twister for them. <laughs> They're very I'm very spiritually okay. Is is insect Oz? I feel that like the spiders, because you see, we get black widows at my house on the outside. Oh, gross. Yeah, and um, they like to be. They like to go by the pool, so we're constantly having to, you know, like we'll take like the suction from like the hose and like the um, the hose for the pool, and we'll like suck up around the edges and and you know kill off anything anytime we see anything along the edge of the pool. And I was doing some serious cleaning outside for for our party, and I cleaned behind my. I pulled out my herb garden. There was some there, and I had like this epic showdown <laughs> with a spider. I swear to God, and I think it was a male black widow, which isn't quite as venomous. It's not gonna do as much damage as like a female would. And I'm like, I've got like paper. I don't. For some reason, I didn't, we were out of insect spray, or at least I couldn't find it. And so I like, I had the Windex, and I'm like spraying it down. <laughs> And the sucker's not dying. And so then I go and I get um, I get the hose. Because I had the hose running to water, to put water in the pool. And so I just hose that whole area down, wash it away. It turns over on its back. And I'm like, all right, there. Boom, you're dead. Literally, I do this. Boom. <laughs> I walk away, do some other stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to wipe this down. Come back to wipe, go to wipe it down. Effing spider jumps up from a, from its back, rolls over and starts to run away from me. And I'm like, and at this point, I'm like, oh hell no! And I'm like chasing after it with the paper towels. And then finally, I take the cover from the pool filter and I do a WWE like body slam with the pool cover because I lift it up and it was on the hose. And I, so I lifted, I lift up the whole, the cover, and the ant or the the spider flips over to the back side of the hose. It was and determined to survive you. It was, and I was barefoot, so I couldn't just um, squish it. Um, so I like wiggled it, got it around, and then I did the WWE slam with the cover of the um, for the pool filter. And I was like, that was that was the most epic battle I have ever had with a spider in my life. Or anything in my life, really. Oh. Yeah, I feel that way about spider. The way you feel about ants is the way I feel about spiders. I can't. I can't do ants. I I can do spiders. I let them live. I ignore them unless there was a jumping spider in the bathroom that was literally like hopping away from me. I'm like, I I can't do that. Sorry. So I killed him. But I let spiders be. Like they eat ants. It's okay. I, I can't deal with bugs in general. I don't like bugs. And this is coming from the reptile girl. The girl who has snakes and a bearded dragon and two tortoises. Can't get bugs. We almost took in a rescue bearded dragon uh, that needed a home. And he had like, we had one eye that was missing. Oh. Yeah, it was going to totally be like a pirate one. And they're like, but the only thing he eats is roaches. And so we could set you up with uh, these roaches so that you can... You know, you know, keep them and give, you know, feed them to him. And Ryan was like, they're talking to Ryan about this whole thing. And then Ryan's like, no, no. And they're like, but, but, 
Diana won't let those anywhere near the house. Nope. <laughs> Not even going to happen. He's like, I, I, I'd love to take it in and give it a good home, but the yeah, end, no. No roaches. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Mm -hmm. but, so we have veered like way away from from the whole point of our podcast here. Right. We did just say we were going to talk about some other stuff too, but yeah. How did we even get onto ants and spiders and WWE moves versus Black Widows? Um, I think it was because I showed you my scarab. No, we were talking about Lilo to River, our, oh, our yeah. scarab advantage. Yeah. And how, how did we get from our dogs to like killing ants and shit? I don't know. It's one of those nights. It is. It totally is one of those nights. Because I think it's because the first of the month you're getting ready to go out of town. I'm com I'm actually I've got my anniversary weekend this weekend. Oh. You're going out of town too, right? You guys are going. Um, home. for part of it. We're gonna go to Palm Springs. How long has it been? Thirteen years. Wow. Lucky number thirteen. I was. 19 when you guys got married. Well, don't act like I'm that old. I was only like 23 when we got married. I know, but 13 years it feels like a long time. We're talking to the woman who's been married for 13 years. <laughs> Honey, I totally didn't mean that. I totally didn't mean that if you're listening. <laughs> I will be married four years in November. Sometimes that feels very long. I think every year that you're married should actually be a celebration because you're celebrating you haven't killed each other for in a whole year. That's true. True mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there have been times that Rich has wanted nothing more than to like. <sighs> oh, I'm sure my husband has held that pillow um, <laughs> a few nights. Um, I will be the first to admit that one. Um, but yeah, it's just. They're just fun to celebrate, especially for us when it's like um, we haven't been. There were a number of years where he was deployed for our anniversary. Like our our second year anniversary, he was gone. He was he was able to be home for our first year anniversary, but the second year, and then the like fourth and fifth year anniversaries, he was gone. Um, and then of course, you know, actually no, second year he was gone, and then there was like with that time that he was overseas. Um, before we hit the double digits, he was he had to be gone a lot for our anniversary. So we always make sure to take the time to celebrate them. That's and really nice. it's just doing something little. Like we go to the LA Zoo. Every year, LA Zoo has a brew at the Zoo Festival. And you pay an entry fee. And you go in and all the local breweries are there. And you get free samples of beer. For like every... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and you get like their special animal feedings and and talks and there's music and there's food what we did i think we went out to dinner for our anniversary last year because oh we did we went to ruth's chris because the time he took me there before that i was pregnant and it was like a week before he deployed deployed two weeks before he deployed mm -hmm. and i got so sick then night or the like night after we went there that it kind of like ruined my whole experience. No surprise you're back. 
oh, it was it was too delicious to not go back. The food was so good, but I got so sick. I think I was just so stressed out and and so pregnant that uh, it was a bad combination. Mm. But he just picked up Chief today. Um, so super exciting for him. Um, downfall of that is I'm never going to see him again. They. Oh, welcome to military life. Apparently. For, a, for him being chief, it took me a second because I'm not used to the Navy titles. I'm like, he picked up chief. Is this a movie? Is this like some sort of restaurant? Uh, but then it's like, oh no, that's actually a title. So yay, hit him. Yeah, he, um. He moved up in rank today. He just found out. He's super excited. So it's really awesome and it's exciting for him. I'm like very much the proud Navy wife. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like, I guess they give a speech to the spouses. There's like a, there actually is a spouse, what do they call like a spouse readiness meeting thing mm -hmm. tomorrow night that I have to go to. Um, and they like tell you, like, basically, you're not going to see your spouse for mm -hmm. six weeks. And I really, 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 really want to like raise my hand and be like, because I see him so often right now. Exactly. Like, right. Because I'm kind of sick of him at the moment. Like, um, yeah. So yeah, his work, he's like gone all the time. Yeah. yeah and he, it's not like, well, not. It's just, he's there all the time. Yeah. Like before, before today, he had to be at work at 5, and he would get home at 5 o'clock in the morning and get home at 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Now, he has to be at work at 4 o'clock in the morning and get home at 10 o'clock at night. So I'm I'm going to have to wake up at, like, 3 to get, like, no, it's pointless. He, he is not a morning person. I am. Mm -hmm. I can I'm hold a conversation. I tried to do that with Ryan when he came home from work because he'll uh, get home from work, like, at like three, four o'clock in the morning. And I tried that first initially uh, when he started working this job. And yeah, that didn't last long. I will occasionally wake up though when I hear him downstairs in the kitchen. Um, the other night he did something, he dropped something and I was like, what'd you do? And he's like, oh, something, so, something or other fell. And I was like, all right, carry on, and rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> Literally, the words were on my, on my mouth were, okay, soldier, carry on. <laughs> so you're not the morning person and Ryan is? Well, I guess no, that's his time. Yeah, I'm more of a morning person than he is, and I am not a morning person. I'm the, I'm such, you all know, I'm a night owl. I don't go to bed until like midnight, one o'clock, and then I get up at like six o'clock in the morning, uh, theoretically. And... Um, on like weekends though, if I have the opportunity to be able to sleep, I normally naturally wake up at like eight o'clock in the morning. That's, That's my amazing. internal alarm clock. My internal alarm my internal alarm clock has become like five. Because you have kids. Which is heartbreaking and just tragic in itself. <laughs> One day I'm gonna look back at this time frame of my life and be like, oh I remember when. One day that'll yeah. happen. And you know what? One day I'm going to text you at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you are going to be awake to respond at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. And it's going to be your 3 o'clock in the morning, so it'll be my 5 o'clock in the morning. Yep. 
And I'll be like, I've been awake for two hours already. I don't know what you're talking about. I look forward to that day. <laughs> well, we have <laughs> we have succeeded in talking about basically everything except books tonight. But uh, we can talk some books. I mean, we spent a good deal amount of time on Gwendolyn's books and then the giveaway books. Um, next week we will have a better plan. Yes, we promise. This week has been it was very chaotic and especially today. Yes. We did not even, we didn't even have our um, book of the month completely nailed down until like two hours ago. True story. Um, so then next week we're going to have a plan. We'll do some, we'll be doing something. I'm hoping I can get um, the California wine club in here uh, to talk to us uh, and talk about wine. But then on the 17th, we do have a guest coming on. We have uh, Christina, and I'm going to pull up her last name here real fast. Um, Christina Julian. She is coming in on the 17th. Uh, she is a Napa wine and food columnist and the author of the upcoming book, The Dating Bender, which, look it up on Goodreads. It comes out August 22nd. It looks like such a fun read. Um, she's going to come in. We're going to do a wine pairing with her book. That sounds like so much fun. Right? I can't wait. And she's going to be able to teach us stuff. And this book looks really adorable. It's ba The basic premise is um, this girl has a failed marriage, failed love life, and she winds up in Italy, and she's trying to get her act back together, which is totally something that Michelle and I would do and would love. True story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And on the 17th, I will actually be in the Outer Banks with my loud, huge, crazy family. So we may get like some special appearances by some cousins who like to follow our Wine Women Words Instagram and make fun. snarky comments. <laughs> Looking at you, Rob. Oh, so actually, I, oh, I get to meet Rob in person. He better show up with all these right. At first I was like, who the heck is this Rob guy? And Michelle's like, oh, that's my cousin. I'm like, okay. So it's very possible that you guys might meet my family. <laughs> Are you ready for that step? I know it's a big step, and we're still early in the early stages of our relationship. We're not really that early in our relationship because it's been about a year. So this is typically the time that you would start meeting the family and getting serious and, like, settling down. Oh, I, I guess you're right. So, you know, it's about it's about that time. So, I'm getting old. My back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, wine glasses are empty. Oh, no, they're not. No, they are. Hold on. Oh, oh, finish that off. Come on, girl. That's my girl. Now the wine glasses are empty. Now the wine glasses are empty. It is 9 o'clock on the dot, even though we got started a few minutes late. Yeah, sorry about that. So, read, oh, let's let's do our reading assignments. Um, oh, they're not chapter, there's no chapter numbers. Okay, so there are 354. Try not to read the anything, 354. You don't want to read the ending to this book. If it's anything like the, the Memory Painter, do not read the end of the book. Uh, so 354, let me pull out my calculator here, divided by what, we've got what, three weeks left? Month. Let's just say the first hundred pages. 
okay. That, I think that looks good. about right, right? Like that's, yeah. that's <laughs> I think the end's a little fatter than the middle. Okay, um, hold on. Wait, this is the technical way of dividing your book for book club readings. There. Oh, oh, and you know what, Michelle? You said the first 100 pages? Divided for three, three weeks? 118 pages. Oh, look at me with that fast math. Right? Maybe I just should have been drinking wine through algebra and I would have done much better. If only they let me bring wine to school. <laughs> All right. Gonna be there. Well, thank you everyone for uh, tolerating us this evening. <laughs> and um, read the first 118 pages. Yes. See you guys next week. Bye.